I did say last weekend he could be my brother. He might be family. So, hey, it doesn't surprise me that he jumps on a damn Havel on there and goes down. I don't know. Suntan, next on fire. Next on fire! Nick burn! The kitchen's burning down in Levi's house. Next time, if I was team manager, I would have everybody stop riding. Somebody gets tweaked toe, hurt a pinky, no one's riding for next two weeks. No one. What's up, guys? You know who it is. It's your boy, James Stewart. And you know where we at. We at the Rewind Show, baby. Round four, Anaheim two. And it's a little different this weekend. These boys had to show up. Why? Because it was a triple crown. And there seemed like there was a lot going on this weekend. We had the Futures up there. We had Danger Boy come out. We had Dax Bennett come out. We had the 29 look like an old school Tedesco back in the day um, out. But the handbars ran a little low. Kind of like Ivan did. What up, Ivan? But it was a lot going on this weekend. Why was it going on? Because we had A2 for the Triple Crown. So you know what we're going to do. We're going to get into it and check it out. So here at Anaheim 2, you got the Triple Crown format. And for me, you know, I'm a heat race guy. So I would love this format. But it seems like they're still doing like 12 to, you know, a, a bunch of laps. A lot more than a normal Supercross. So as it seems like it's a heat race, when you get on the shorter tracks, even though it's like one minute around that um, time, it becomes a lot of laps. So these guys start wearing down um, more than normal at a regular Supercross. So it's kind of a race of attrition. And the way the format is, like it's one point on each one, how you're precision. So you get one point, two points per second, three points. So it allows guys to have a little bit of room to, I wouldn't say for error, but for instance, in a regular Supercross, if Eli went down and he would have got 16th or whatever he finished, that would have been his finishing spot. Big points gap. He wouldn't be the red plate hold, um, leader still. In this format, you know, he goes down, gets 16th, but ends up six. So he only loses a certain amount of points. So I feel like when it comes to that part, if you have one bad race, it throws out the possibility of winning overall, but you have a little bit of buffer um, for still finishing okay if the other two have been pretty good. But this format brings out guys that have a lot of speed. For instance, Ken Roxon. Ken Roxon rode great this weekend. Chase Sexton, Jason Anderson, guys who are quick in the beginning part of races, guys that can pull whole shots and lead. Um, my brother would have done well at this if he was out. Um, I think this, the Triple Crown brings out that format just because of the mindset you're still doing 15 to how many laps per race, but it, it's a lot shorter than 20 minutes. So just your mindset kind of comes in as more aggressive. So overall, I always get excited for the Triple Crown just from the fact that these guys are going to be racing from the beginning and it's critical for the start. And you just see a lot of stuff going on. So overall, it was a lot of good racing. To me, it showed a lot of different things about each individual rider uh, with Eli going down, which was super surprising that he went down, but not surprising the way he was riding that moto. It was the most aggressive I think I've ever seen Eli and almost to the sense of a cockiness. He was riding cocky. And I was actually, as I was watching him doing that, I'm like, damn, like, I think he might fall on there. And it wasn't because he was like out of control. He, he didn't look out of control. He looked like 
how we've been talking about his bike and how comfortable he's looked all year. It looked like when he was behind Cooper and, uh, you know, racing these guys, this, this third moto, he looked really at ease. And it was like almost like the first time he was behind somebody all year, probably in this late in the game, um, being the third moto, being warmed up, that he was able to see where his bike was better than those other guys. And the way he was turning down before the finish line and even he was doing that Ken Roxon thing where he was triple on that, uh, that rhythm sex triple and then tripling off on that next one on off and then tripling in that corner. If you watch his bike compared to Kenny's bike, the way when Eli's bike was slapped down and it goes to that, that supple effect that he has on um, that double D setup, it was so smooth and it was allowing Eli to still be like really free to where when you saw Ken, like Ken had no choice but to go outside when he would hit that, it would slam his front end down. And he had to triple and go outside, which ultimately wasn't that much faster when the guys were going over in two or three into the inside. But Eli, you can still see like his body position never changed. He was still relaxed, moving around. And so when he was buying Cooper, he was able to even like he came up short on that, on that the, the lap before. And then the next lap, he turned around and jumped it again. That said a lot to me right there, because I saw, again, a guy that knew he was in a real good spot to where he wasn't worried about anything happening to him. And then so sometimes that bites you because you kind of get a little, I wouldn't say lazy, but a little cocky in a sense of like my bike is working that good um, that like you would end up making a mistake like he did when he went down. I really never seen Eli do that. Like he cut down on that corner and like he knew he shouldn't have went for it. Like, but the way his bike works and how he was able to cut down behind uh, Cooper he just did it anyway. And then so when he jumped on those hay bales, like he got super lucky that he didn't get hurt one. But it was it was a mistake that like I've been there in the past to where you you don't expect that. Like he thought in the mind in the back of his mind that he was going to pass Cooper and still win this race, which I actually think he would have if you'd have got around him and he didn't crash. Uh, but that was because you're feeling so good. And sometimes like when you're in that situation, like you just you get cocky and you're just like, I can still jump on top of this triple out of the inside of this corner. And boy, he jumped off the track. We talked about Malcolm last weekend. Eli was on another level on that. And this one he's going to regret because he knows it was it was him. He should have backed it off in that corner, but it's hard to do that, which I've done it. And you're just like, I'm Eli Tomac, I'm James Stewart, and like nothing can happen to me. I'm just that good. And then you end up hitting the ground. But he still did good to get up and fight for what he did. And ultimately, at the end of the day, he lost some points, but it could have been a lot worse. And um, um, so I, I just think a lot of that was just how good his motorcycle was going. And then it was the first time all year that he was behind those guys. And you can see how good his motorcycle was and how much time he can make up on those guys. And, and then I just caught him out. So Eli's been so dominant all year. Eli's been so dominant all year, the first two races. And I don't mean by the big leads. And even as I was explaining his crash, it wasn't like an out of control crash. It was a, it was a crash that like, I don't think he would make that mistake again. Sometimes it might actually hurt these guys that like he brings back a little bit and just kind of gets back how he was the first two races. Cause you know, he knew he was the fastest and he felt so good. It just makes you realize that, hey, daddy still like even though I own the doctor, the diaper factory, I still got to get the employees to show up and work for me so I can own it, whatever. So with Eli, he's been so good all year long that 
it's been making these other guys maybe question himself or have to step up. And for instance, this weekend, somebody stepped up. Number 23 stepped up. Shout out to Ken Block, Alphonse Starr, those um, Jason Anderson, Eli, those kits was, they were awesome. They look good. The Honda setup looked great. Actually, all of them looks um, great. And so it's not, not surprising because the guy that we lost here in the family, Ken Block, to do look good doing what he was doing. So Chase and Jason and Alphonse Starr, all you guys got to give a big shout out because they look good in their gear. It was a throwback to Ken. So with this uh, three-moto format and being a triple crown, you just had to start thinking of the guys who would be pretty good. And I felt like um, guys like Ken Roxon would be good. They're, they're good. They're quick in the beginning part of races. It's like this format, although you, you still run a lot of laps, it's one of those ones that you can't start like fifth and just like rod halfway and then do the, the Tomac, you know, back what he used to do in the day and just go in that zone and just run up and pass. Because guys can kind of get away with you. Um, so I felt like this coming in with Chase being still fast. I mean, everything I've seen this year, like it's not like he's slow. Um, he's had some crashes and he has some off races. But I think the shorter the shorter races, you have a shorter memory. Uh, you know, things happen. You have to let it go. And then you show up. So with three motos, if he's he's been getting pretty decent starts, so his history would say he gets good starts. Um, so I felt like he had a good pretty good chance of winning and with the track being the way it was a little a little tighter you can hold guys off um with the one lines I think it would have lend itself not for chase but allow him to be able to get away if he got a good start because other guys would get held up so at the end of the day chase rode the best out of everybody over three motos and he was able to win it second moto he went down a mistake on his own so we could say he might have won that one too so at the end of the day, he was able to get around Jason. Eli was on the ground, and Cooper just didn't have enough pace to to keep up with Chase on there. And that's why I think with these shorter races, um, it favors him. But at the end of the day, you have to go out and do it. And when the, the money was on line and it was winner take all, he stepped up, got to start, and he was able to get around Jason and win the race. And that, to me, is a person that deserves to win. So when he fell off to the, the finish line, that's on him. Ricky said it. Daniel said it. That's on him. And just complete mistake. And that's why I say, like, what's different about, like, what was there something that changed this week? Um, the only thing I can go on is the format because he still had that moment on there. And he even said it on a podium. You know, he just got to let that go. Or he said in his interview somewhere, it gets to him. And you can tell he was frustrated. And then when he got up, if he would have came back up and ran those guys down, or even if he didn't win the race, but if he would came back up and like got second per se, then I would be like, okay, something's changed. But the fact is he got up and he wasn't too far back and he, he got to those guys and stayed there. That's why I said like, it's really about starts and stuff. And, and this ain't a knock, but the second moto showed me that, it's more of a, a system in in a sense, like he still made a mistake and it wasn't like he found this extra speed, but when he had clean air, he did what I thought he could do. And I guess what those guys fear of is that he gets clean air and he doesn't make that mistake. He's hard to beat. And so he was able to win the race. Yeah. So when you came by um, the right before the finish line, it was a pretty fast section. You went across from the start straight um, mechanics error. Then you went back across the start. Then you hit a double and went back across and you hit the finish line. 
the finish line was pretty steep on there and you had a lot of speed going into it. And so what you saw was those guys landing off that finish line. And actually a lot of people um, went down in that area. Chase went down, Danger Boy went down, a lot of guys went down. And there was a couple of different things happening of why they went down. Um, either one, they landed and they hit those braking bumps and started, the front end started getting light and then they lost it that way. Um, or they landed and charged into that section. Once they charged in that section, but the the downforce of the bike being bottomed out, and then once you hit that little dragon's back per se, it's like the front when the front end gets low. When I talk about guys, when the front end gets low, you get those gnarly knives, those tucks, and that only happens when the the forks are compressed. So you land off that finish line. It's pretty steep. You, you're high speed going in that. It's kind of hard to have the bike have enough time to recover before you're hitting that next um, you know dragon's back. So what you saw those guys were landing and then the front end would be low, low, and then they would hit like a sharp, you know, little knuckle whoop jump. And if the forks wasn't, you know, if they were sliding a little bit, the forks wasn't coming back up, then they would knife. And that was just really set up the way the track was. And I think that's why you saw a lot of guys go in there and just get the, you know, front end tuck on them. And it's kind of what we saw last year with my brother, when you land off that triple land knife goes away. And as a rider, I feel like that's like the worst case scenario. Like my crashes, I'd rather have the front end going away from me than the front end knifing because you get the the huckabucks, get punched in the stomach and you go flying over. So that was happening with these guys. And it was really just coming down to is when they landed off that finish line jump, their forks being so low. And then the travel of the motorcycle, it's like if these guys, these riders out here um, for the amateur riders, imagine just trying to. If you ever have a hole shot device, get stuck down. You know how when you it's stuck down, you go into the first corner? Imagine hitting a jump that way on there and the front end being super low and the rear. What happens? Like it's it's really unstable. So these guys are doing that at a high speed. And that's why you saw so many guys go down after that finish line jump. So it was kind of like their their bike was way shorter in the front because it was bottomed out and they would just lose it. And what also made that section difficult is that you know, you're turning going up those that phase of those little dragons back. And if you were kind of rolling into that and you had a slower momentum, it wouldn't, it, you'd be all right. But those guys are actually doubling and tripling up over that. And eventually they were able to quad, which was awesome. By the way, you were able to catch that rut, sit into it and get over it. Um, but the forks being low, the speed, and then like them trying to, you know, triple and do all that stuff made a lot of different things happen. So most of those guys are going in there and losing it face, either tucking or losing it off that jump. Um, and that was just the way the track was set up. Chase's situation was that he overjumped it. He overjumped that finish line. And then what you saw with him, he started crashing before he even got to that. And that's because he he came in that with so much speed. And sometimes you get caught up behind the guy um, and you get sucked in, kind of like in road racing where they say to get that draft. Well, it does happen in a sense in motocross too. Like you do, you do hit drafts and stuff, but I think he was charging behind Aaron and he overjumped that finish line and he knew he needed to get back in the inside. So he lands and he just start losing the front because he tries to like get back over toward the inside and he just falls. So his, his was different than Plessinger's, different than Danger Boy because yeah, he overjumped that and he started crashing even before he got to that jump. But, uh, that was a cool section, but it's not surprising that a lot of people went down um, in that just because how tight it was. And then there was so much happening in a little spot. 
and the forks having to move a lot, your bike moving a lot, coming off the finish line. So it was um, a cool section to watch, but a lot of guys went down on that. And um, but everybody was pretty all right. So with the track and the triple crown and the, the way the track was laid out, it was kind of one line, that, which means not like everybody followed the same line. But when when guys say one line, it, it, it depends on how the track cuts back on itself. Not that they they get stuck and they have to follow a single like one line, you know, like ants. They got to follow on that line. Usually only mud tracks get that way where it's really like one line. There's only one good line and guys get stuck in that and you can't pass. Uh, with this was like, you know, mechanics area, like you can come up to a guy and be right next to him. But if he was on the inside when you cross back and you were hitting the finish line, just what happened to Danger Boy, like there's nothing you can do. And then he'll go inside. You have to fall back in line with him. And then he would block you in the next corner and he would block you in the next one. So that's what we mean by one line that, um, in the sense, the way one turn makes the other turn like they're connected and the guy can just slowly move down the track and there's nothing you can do about it. So with this track, the place that the guys were making up, like they could make up a lot of time, but then they couldn't pass. And that's what you saw with even in the, uh, the 250 class, 450 class, guys would catch them and then they would be stuck right behind them. And it depends on where they catch them at, whether they had an opportunity to pass. And and so where everybody was crashing and dragging back, you go down that next rhythm section. The only place that I felt like there was, you can really see a time gap was when like Cooper was doing it. Um, the, the difference between Cooper's line and Roxon. When you would go three out of that corner and then two into that next one, um, it, it was putting you into where you were coming into that double part right before you had to turn and double and double across the um, straight. Going three, two, put you in that next corner too fast. And it was super hard to hit that rut. And so when the guys to go two, two, where they were going pretty good and Eli was doing it as well, they would go down the rhythm section. And this is in the section before that three, two, they go down that rhythm section and they would stay on the outside in that rhythm. And what they would do, they would cut down and score up that corner. So they would be coming out of that corner on the inside. The inside put them on the outside. So they had a better angle going in the next one. And they would go two, two and single into that next one. And what it was allowing them to do was be able to use that single as a breaking mark or they wouldn't have so much speed if they double, even if they went triple, they had more angle, open angle to be able to catch that corner. And that you could see how much time Roxon was losing there. Him going three, it was so much time he was losing. But the part for him, and this is where it comes down to that one line track, unless he really screwed that corner up, they couldn't get around him anyway. So even though that line was super slow and it was actually kind of sketchy when he was doubling in and missing that rut, then having to turn and double that next one, the guys couldn't get him unless he really screwed up and then um, missed the double part and then they would pass them. That's usually the only part where you saw guys getting passed in that section. They actually missed that double and then they couldn't go double again and they would end up getting around them. Otherwise, you can go single, single, and as long as you beat that guy to that corner, there was nothing he can do. So it was just cool to watch that part with Eli and even um, Cooper when they were going double, double and how much time they would make on the guys that were going tripling or just on the outside, which put them on the inside in the next corner. And then um, where Eli fell at in the whoop section, staying out wide in those whoops um, and being able to square up and then get into that section was pretty, um, pretty good as well. So there was a few sections, the mechanics error when they went across that start straight and you saw a guy square up and then cut down. So he was 
once you went past the mechanics, they square up in that, that 180 and they would be on the inside coming out of that. And then they would square up again. Uh, they go outside to square up again to go inside and hit that double right before the finish line. Like that part, those work when you were out front. Like you can make up times out front doing that. But if a guy was next to you, all you could do was catch him and run up beside him. And if you didn't beat him to that next, um, that finish line jump, then you had to fall back in line all the way through that whole section. And really the only place that you can get around them at that point would be in the whoop section. If you blitzed around the outside or you went in and did what uh, Jason did to Cooper. So there was a lot to this track that it was, um, usually guys had to make a mistake for you to get around them. Um, you know, even the quad, the triple on and triple off. And if they went outside before the, that triple right before you cross them as uh, mechanics area, that's the only other place, but then it's sketchy. A guy going outside and you're on the inside, then it's a game of chicken, whether he's going to back off, you're going to back off. Um, a lot of that was just set up the way the track was. And that's what we mean by one line. To, and that's why, again, I go back to like, when I'm thinking about who's going to be good this weekend at the scene and track map and starts, that's why the start was so critical. And I think Jason said it even on the podium. What was the difference between last week and this week was a start on there and the track allowed him to do that. But um, each one of these guys rode pretty good, but definitely I could tell the track was frustrating. Some guys, a guy like Cooper, probably getting a little frustrated on that. You know, as the, the, he, the guys wore down, he couldn't get them because the track lended itself or it was still hard to pass. But overall, he did what he had to do and – at the end of the day, he finished the worst he did all year, and then he actually made points up on the lead. So it was a good weekend for him. You know, with Cooper, I thought he rode good, um, almost to the point where I would say he rode just as good as he has all year. And just when I'm watching him, I see a, a, his confidence growing. And usually, like, you'd be like, okay, well, he finished worse. He didn't even make the podium. But there's a lot of little things that you can see by watching somebody just like I always said perception and just how they feel and body movements that told me Cooper looked confident, like he, he believed that he was it's good. Now, he would have got on a podium, but he went down. Jason knocked him down in the first one. And that's what actually ultimately cost him a podium. But when I watched Cooper, I think out of the first two races, I would say they struggled a little bit more this weekend on bike setup. He didn't look as comfortable on the motorcycle uh, that he has in the past weekends. I would say the track, the way maybe it was laid out, wasn't the best setup. I don't know. But he definitely looked a little bit more uncomfortable, like he was jumping through the whoops. And he didn't have enough time to, I guess, get in that Cooper Webb mode where he was catching those guys. Now, thinking about it. Cooper actually did what he was doing the last two races in a sense. Like he was, he was there. And as the race went down, he just got faster and he started catching those guys. Well, that's what he did. The second, the um, third moto with chase, he was not as fast, but then as it kept going on, like he was closing in and closing in. And that's what he did at with Eli. And that's what he did at the first race. So, um, but his, his setup would seem a little bit off and they struggled more. And when you get in these quicker races, that comes out even more because it's kind of like having to do fast lap times. You know, if you're uncomfortable on your motorcycle trying to do a hot lap, you just see a little bit guy making a little bit more mistakes and stuff and more uncomfortable compared to being more relaxed and let the race come to you. So that being said, I thought Cooper looked just as good as Cooper has, um, if not even better, just just me looking at him. But I would say they struggled a little bit more um, 
on on bike setup for whatever reason. But when I say struggle, it wasn't that bad. I mean, look, he looked good. So overall, like you had him and then with Anderson, I thought Jason looked pretty good as well. I think the start helped him. The mainly him getting a good start was allowing him to be up front. Um, that was the only difference that I've seen, um, saw from him between the first race, the first two races in this one, which is more, he got in the start and he was able to run. I don't think, I wouldn't say he's not as good as he was last year. Um, he might even be better this year. I think the field is deep and with Cooper coming back, Chase being up there and Eli being away, it just makes these guys when they're not on or they're not firing, it just makes them have to take chances that maybe they wouldn't ordinarily take and um, you know, which puts you in awkward situation. Maybe you fall over or whatnot. So instead of getting third, you end up like sixth or seventh because it feels so deep. Um, I think Jason's riding good. Hopefully this weekend it kind of spun into the El Jambre and he can go ahead and like get on that podium. But I think Jason's fine. And with Eli um, having that moto, like he did, it kind of brought life back into everybody else. Um, you know, he was going on that streak and it, I think if he would have won this race, I think it would change the whole landscape of the championship because one, he would have gained a lot of points on Cooper because um, Cooper didn't make the podium. And two, I think it would just send the message of how he would have for him. If he was able to get around Cooper and chase that second moto and win that thing. And even, even Anderson, um, it would have just sent the message that like, I got speed, I got consistency and the way he looked when they would have watched it, they would have been like, damn, dude's good. So um, for us as fans, he, him falling was good. It brought the points back. And, but I, I think Eli knows he made a mistake. And I don't think he, this is a type of mistake that it's any cause for concern. I don't think he'll make it again. Um, he knew this was on him. And that was a guy feeling so good on his motorcycle that, you know, hell, like you just don't think it's going to happen until it happens. So overall, there was a lot of things going on, but there really, I saw a lot of the same out of everybody. Chase was good. Chase got a good start. Chase got clean air. Chase was able to win. Anderson was good. Chase got a good start. Jason was able to run up front. Jason didn't have to go down. And it was all based off start. Cooper was like Cooper has, hasn't been the fastest all year. And in this situation, you know, it's when the shorter races, you don't have much time. The guys don't wear out, blah, blah, blah. But Cooper wrote just as good as he has all year long. And he was doing everything that he was doing all year long. He was really slow in the whoops. But it was cool to watch him change that and start blitzing the thing. So um, Eli was just as good, if not better, than he has been all year. And he makes a mistake on him. The bike looked good. He was able to rhythm section, told me everything, how he cased it, and then went back and did it again. And Ken was doing what Ken does. The German chocolate was out here to fight. And I love it. I love it. There, it looks like they're still a little off on the on the bike setup, but Kenny has a lot of fight. And I actually feel like um, you know, hopefully this can spawn into some more. So he'll keep getting there. So overall, all these guys are doing whatever they were doing, but at the end of the day, it was still. It was still Chase Sexton. And what we saw with Chase, it was it must have been the gear 
or it must have been the all white bike and the Ken Block replica, or it must have been hell. Like he was tired of losing. Eli's been so dominant. I've been talking about him on the show, this double D's. And Chase said, dude, I'm tired of this. I just ran with this dude. I competed with him all outdoors. Like I was right there. He almost, almost lost that thing. But I'm coming back. I knew this year was going to be my year. And this weekend at Anaheim too, even though it's the second race, it's going to be the first race for me. And what's going to be the first race? It's going to be the first victory of the Triple Crown, my second victory of my life. And it was nice to get it here on my life. And here at Bubba's World, what are we going to give him, Cole? Suntan, neck's on fire. Neck burn, Chase Sexton. You did it better than everybody else. When they said you had to step up and it was winner take all, you said, hold up, hold up. Y'all didn't forget about me, did you? And they must have because you were like, uh-uh, I'm going to be fast in practice. Just be overall fast. I'm going to have cool looking kit. And I'm going to come out here and bust you fools up in the first race and just dominate. I might fall over like a wet noodle in the second one. That was on me. But I'm going to come back in this third one and be dominant. El hombre. Hey, it was cool. But I got a gun too. So don't, 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 don't. Chase Sexton, you did it. And you stopped the Tomac train. Tomac was actually smacked on the side of the track. But he'll be back. Cooper was doing what Cooper does, trying to stick everybody in this web. Anderson was like, I don't know. I'm trying to find my bullets. I don't know. I can find it, find it. But he was good. So good racing. And then you saw Danger Boy still flying across the track. When I watched all Danger Boy's videos, and I was actually quite impressed with him when I was watching him at in Tallahassee, riding with Levi and all those guys. Like He looks like he belongs. And as I always said, like the kid is talented. Like the kid will figure it out. I just didn't think he was ready at that point. And it wasn't because I didn't think he was fast or I didn't think he had the talent because he's like, as the race goes on and the more time he gets on the track, like he, he shows like he, some kids you look at, you'd be like, damn, that boy ain't got no, he ain't got no chance. That ain't what I always saw with him. What I saw was like, when you get to this level, you have to be able to be like quickly get adjusted to tracks and it only it takes time. Um, like when I was in the B class and I was younger, like it took me time to like actually be able to like fire out and just come and after uh, practice, have this track dialed. If you gave me a, a few days or a week, man, I can beat anybody out there. And so coming up to this level um, in this race, what what I saw was that he wasn't comfortable in on the track to be able to show what he has like i think if they would have had another race there or have more time on the track i think he would look like he has that practice track when you watch him at the practice track he just as fast as anybody else or close to him here it looked like a, a kid that was getting on the track and was just uncomfortable when you throw the lights on and then they have to you know everybody's watching it there's a lot of pressure on this kid don't don't kid yourself there's a lot of pressure on it which it should be because he is and can be that good on there um it just tightens up all the nerves. You see it from the 450 class, all of us. We all got nerves. We all fall over. We all do things like you did after the finish line. Like if you were racing, I don't know if you, that like that, there was nowhere for you to go. Like you probably either, if you didn't get fell going like you did, you might've went into the hay bells anyway. Like there's no way you could pass. But I think all that with the lights being on and, and just trying to come up, you forget that. I did a lot of stupid things. We didn't even say that was stupid, but I did a lot of weird things as I was an amateur. Guys that like, I'm like, why the hell would you do that? That don't make no sense. And I think Danger, he'll learn from this. 
And just like he did from outdoors, like he'll learn and he'll ride better the next weekend. They'll do the same thing. But back to my point, I just felt like when watching him, he the him picking up as quick it um, as quick as he would have needed to um, to be able to compete here. That's where I saw he wasn't ready for it on there. And I think the kid has all the goods. I've seen enough of him that he's going to be good. It's just it takes time to be able to be good that quickly. The Bennett kid, I watched him at Minio's and I told Roger, like, that kid's going to be good. Like, and he got beat by Danger Boy, like, on there. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. Like, like you, when you know what you're looking for, you can watch a guy get smoked and be like, that kid's going to be good because of what he does. And that Bennett kid, the way he was, like, standing up and real smooth around the racetrack, that's what he did this weekend. Like, he was real smooth. Like, there was no like weird, like sketchy moments. Now the kid, I think he'll ride 30, 40% better. Like if he was comfortable, I'm sure he was uncomfortable, but he was real smooth and he looked like just through the whoops. There was no like, and I think that's the difference. And when you get on this level, you have to be able to have that compoise and that style to be able to compete. Although you could be super fast, but then you also bust that ass at the same time. So it was cool to watch all these guys, all these kids on this class are going to be pretty good. The kid on Husqvarna, um, Talon Hawkins, is going to be good. Like, you, you could tell he rode really nervous, but out, out of everybody, I think he was the second best of riding nervous, even though he got, like, third, but he fell over. Um, but that Bennett kid, when, when I watch him, him and the Ivan Tedesco look alike, they look on different levels as far as the rest of those guys, as far as they look like. The 29, he looked fast. Like he was fast in practice. Um, he he looked like he can sh- turn pro next weekend and actually compete on there. The um, Bennett kid, he just looked like he was real, like comfortable, precise. That once he gets in the flow, that he'll he'll be pretty good, and that's what he ended up doing. It wasn't like he was super fast. It was just like he was consistent, and he did it every single lap. And that's why I felt like coming in, he was going to be pretty good. So those two looked the best. Danger boy, keep your head up. You're fine, kid. Like. You're going to be fine. I mean, all these guys are going to be fine. It's just when I saw what I said, what I said a few months ago, it was, it was just that he needed more time. And I thought, like, time is what ultimately cost him on there. He needed more time to get the track down and all that. Some kids pick it up quicker and something. But he's so young. That's the thing we all forget. That kid's young on there. And so um, you know, he, he'll be fine. So with Chase... The the track and him being a good starter um, lends itself for his riding style, you know, being quick out of the gate, getting a good start and being fast in the beginning part of the race. So it's almost like his teammate and Jet, you know, he's been quick all year. His starts have been pretty well. And I would say out of him and RJ, he's probably quicker in the beginning part of the races than RJ. You know, Jet on the mental side of not, not winning the triple crown um, in the past and 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 ironically, like I always talk about experiences that in positions that I've been in, like, cause I, I actually went through that when I was in the lights class in Anaheim, you know, I almost won the first race, crashed like 18,000 times, should have won it. And then the second time I ran Pingree down, but it got to a point where after the third time I didn't win Anaheim, the next year I came in, it was, it was a mental block on there. I was just thought something's going to happen. So with Jet, you know, hearing you say that, like in him mentioning it on the podium that he hasn't won. Like I kind of understand that, that understand that point, but I think he, 
you can kind of see it on the way he was reacting. You know, the fact that he fell in that first race, I was like, damn, like he's been pretty solid all year. And even in outdoors last year, like he, he falls in ways that you don't see it coming. And then it's like, it's another mistake or whatnot. And you kind of saw him almost fall back in that mental mode where he was just kind of rotting through the pack to where I thought something was messed up with his motorcycle. And then so with him and then RJ was able to capitalize and win that first race. So lining up on the gate, you know, they, they take off the, the, the start and, you know, jet moves over on him and it blocks RJ. Now it causes RJ to be in the spot and then RJ ends up hitting the ground. And do I think that was like Shimoda back in the Apollo days? Like, no, that's race line. That that's racing on there. Like that's racing. Like if you were to cut him over off of the air or doing something like that, I wouldn't, I would have a different opinion. But to me, it was, I look at it as like, if I'm RJ as pissed as I am, and then I end up getting messed up and it cost me my night, the guy was worried about me. You know, he was worried about me to the point where he was trying to stop me. I think a lot of that has to do with the triple crown format, him maybe being a little bit in his head that like, look, I was right there in the beginning. I went down. RJ didn't blink. RJ won this race. And now I have to, even though he actually started riding good to the point where he was still had a shot to win this thing. um, He gets off in the gate and he cuts me off. The guy was worried about me. And so unfortunately for RJ, he made another mistake. His hands comes off in mechanics there. And boy, damn, he hit that ground hard. Just like smack a dude. Cameron, dude, I don't know. I know we always say smack a dude, but dude, you got salute, son. That boy hit the ground so many times. I don't see how he's still here doing what he does, and he hit the ground. And you saw his arm, people. That thing was swollen. Not to jump off subject, but damn. Shout out to you, Cameron smack a dude. There ain't nobody tougher than you. I'm giving you that right now. I got to give you that. RJ, you pretty damn tough, too, because you hit the ground, bro. Um, but same thing on both of them. Hands came off, and bam! That was it. it was, that was it. So um, so RJ's nights got flustered up, and it got flustered up because the start. Um, and you could just see there, there was just something off with Jet. There was just something off. And Triple Crown, Anaheim, whatever it is, you just don't expect that on how the kid rides and how good he was the first two races to know that even still the best of us, we still have those little doubts in our minds, but that's what makes him as good as he is. And that's why he's going to continue to grow just like all these other guys, because they always, to be great and to continue to be great, you got to have that self-doubt. You got to think that you're not as good as what you think you are. And sometimes that hurts you. A lot of times it helps you keep you going and keep fighting. Um, but you kind of saw that a little bit here at the, um, and on to in the lights class. So, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to throw it like Jason did, but hell, you know. I call you the chef, and for good reason, because you cooked up a win tonight. The kitchen was on fire. The kitchen got burnt down this weekend because, dude, he threw the kitchen sink. Everybody was throwing everything at him, but at the end of the day, Levi, and it ain't Freddie, it's Levi. Like, them pair of jeans, the kitchen got it done. So, for here, since it's your first one, we're going to have to give him special. What are we going to give him called? Suntan. Next on fire. Next on fire. Next burn. The kitchen's burning down in Levi's house. The kitchen's burning down in Levi's house. Congratulations, kid. I know it's special. Hopefully that is spawn on. And you'll get insurance for the next time that kitchen burns down because I think it's going to burn down again. Congrats, kid. It was awesome. All right, guys. That was it. You know what time it is. My favorite time, your favorite time, stewed and stewed. We'll be right back. 
What's up guys? It's your boy James Stewart. You see this shirt I got on? Now I know we all a family. We all be coming out here. Everyone wants to be a part of Bubba's world. I want to be a part of it. But well, if you want to, make sure you click on this link because you can get this shirt. At least you can get this far. We got a bunch of things coming in the future, some exciting things. And I know you send in your videos. Maybe you can end up on the show that way. But if not, always make sure you get this pretty shirt, black and white, and some more coming soon. Click this link right here, go get yours. All right, guys, you know what time it is. My favorite time, your favorite time, hell of all of us, favorite time. Stew and stew. Now, first, you know how we always do it. And this weekend was a little difficult because, you know, there was a lot of, there was three different like stews. And a default stew, what happens with default? You win the race and you get a stew. Now, each one of these guys, as I say, sometimes you get default by going like two, three or whatever, four, and then you win overall or you, you know, the guy up front falls over and you win. Those are usually like my default stews. But in this case, I believe except maybe one of them, but it was his first time. All these guys, they in default because they got it done. They got it done. So first one, Chase Sexton. I ain't got to say much, people. He was fast and then he was on the ground and then he was fast again. And then when it counted, he was the best. He stepped up and he said, I'm MJ. Some people call him the greatest all time. I call him greatest all time. Who knows? We ain't going to that debate. But Chase Sexton, number 23, said, I'm tired of Eli doing what he's doing. I know James had that alien shirt on. I know James been talking about how good his bike was. I know James been talking, but hey, he been right. But I want to stop that this weekend and I'm going to go out and do what I have to do. And again, you represent Ken Block, you got to be a winner. You got to be a winner. And actually, all these guys that was looking good up there did it for Ken. So Chase Sexton, you a stew. And then the next one, it's the kitchen. Now, why is Levi stew? Well, hell, like it's pretty easy. He won on there. I know you could say, well, James, that's kind of like a default stew. Yeah, but whatever. But when a man sets his own kitchen on fire to run everybody else out the house and it's his kitchen, <laughs> that's a stew in my book. He ain't got no insurance. But I guess I guarantee you will have it next time he goes out. So Levi, because you set the kitchen on fire and you did it better than everybody else and you got your first neck burn, you a stew. And now in the future, because I can see it. Can you see it? I can see it. Mr. Dax Bennett. We're going to give you a special stew because it's the Supercross futures, people. We're watching the future. In the future, he's going to get a real neck burn. And I don't even know if did they give him a neck burn, Cole, like a real neck burn over there. I don't know. We're going to give it to you here anyway. But since he doesn't know, we're just going to assume that we know. And you're going to get one anyway. So Dax Bennett, in the future, in the future, in the future, you get the neck burn. But in the present, you get a neck burn here at Bubsworth. So Chase Sexton, Dax Bennett. And the kitchen's on fire. Levi's kitchen's on fire. I said it different in my other one, but yeah. Levi, you a stew. Stew, pissed off. Pissed off because you got knocked down. Pissed off because the guy went sideways off the start and he pissed you off. And then you end up hand coming off. And then you went down. I don't think you were pissed off at that because you were probably a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puck. But pissed off. Pissed off, stewed. I said pissed off a lot, huh? That's probably going to piss some people off. I'm kind of pissed off. I don't like how that started. But anyways, dude, first one is RJ Hampshire. Yeah, boy, I just said you were pissed off. You wasn't pissed off because you hit your head or I don't even know if you hit. I'm not even going to insinuate that, people. 
he just got smacked upside the head or smacked on his body. And he was, oh, 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 he ain't had no breath. He ain't had no breath. So you can't be pissed off and you ain't got no breath or whatever was going on. That boy hit so damn hard, man. I'm still feeling that. Him and smack a dude. So pissed off because you got cut off on the start that put you back there and you were just out front dominating. You had first gate pick and this dude gonna line up with next to it his donuts on me and he gonna come off with he did it on purpose. He didn't do it on purpose. It just happened and on purpose and not on purpose. And the next thing you know, I'm waking up with no breath. <laughs> pissed off. Because you got cut off. RJ Hampshire. I know you stupid, especially this day, because it was it was right there for you. It was right there for you. And next up, Pro Circuit Mitch Payton. Now, I would say McAdoo's riding the best he has ever on there. And I would actually say, you know, with the last couple of years and getting back and your boy Fortner, he was riding good. That takes a lot. It takes a lot because the team. That means he's got trust in the team and they were able to get him back. Joe Shimoda, Far East Coast. You saw how that boy was riding the outdoors here? That's because Mitch Payton. Team. But I know you pissed off. And why you pissed off? Because somebody casted a voodoo magic something on that truck. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It seems like when things happen, they say they happen in threes or whatever. It just happens to the PC team. That's what happens. Like one goes down. It's like they all next time. If I was team manager, I would have everybody stop riding. Somebody gets tweaked toe, hurt a pinky. No one's riding for next two weeks. No one. No one. Mitch Payton, I know you stew because you're like, dude, what do I have to do to keep the far East Coast, the Forkner, the Smackadoo? And ironically, the guy that we actually see hitting the ground that seems like he hits the ground harder than anyone. He still keeps going. But, man, when these guys go down, man, it's the PC team. So I know all y'all stood, but I, I don't even know. I really, like, spin that into a positive thing. I just know you're pissed. I'm pissed, too. Sorry. Damn. Get well, everyone from the PC team, but I know y'all stood. Now, that was like a, that was a side stew. But the third and final one is the 450 class. Why y'all stood? Because Mr. Eli told Mac Red Plate, the guy that won every damn thing possible, and he's still winning even when he loses. And how does that make any sense? Well, I'm going to show you how it makes sense. This dude decides to go down and jump on hay bales. Like I did say last weekend, he could be my brother. He might be family. So, hey, it doesn't surprise me that he jumps on a damn hay bale on there and goes down. I don't know. But he decides to do that this weekend. And why are these guys do? Because he decides to crash and jump on the hay bale in the triple crown format. And he gets like a 16th or something. And then he gets sixth. I would be pissed off. If I'm Cooper Webb, I gained two points on this cat. I gained two points on Eli's dominating Ben, Chase Sexton. I think you gained a few more points. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you would be Actually, the red plate, y'all both be tied if Eli would have done this in a regular race. But Eli says, nah, 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 nah. I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to make a mistake where I, it's a mistake that I made a mistake, but it's a good mistake because it doesn't cost me as much. And what it doesn't cost me is the red plate. And I'm still, if it, if it ended today, I would be the champion. Y'all wouldn't. So I, I'm still winning. But Eli told Mac, you ain't stupid. 
because of what I just said, the 450 class y'all stood because he decides to make that mistake. And I don't think it's going to happen again. I think Eli own it. And maybe it will happen again. I ain't going to call it my brother or my family. But you know what I mean. 450. So RJ, Smackadoo, y'all both do The whole PC team, which kind of brings in McAdoo, y'all all family. Mitch Payton, I know you, Stu. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Get you some voodoo magic to clean up that team. No one's riding for weeks. No more. Anybody get in there, somebody get a cold. You cannot ride on there. The weather's not right. You cannot ride. This new policy going to be in the contract. I'm telling you, he needs to do it. It says section 6.8B. If someone else gets a hangnail, no one is allowed to ride for three weeks on this team. That's what it should be in there. So Mitch Payton and then the 450 class. Could y'all stew because the champ decides to make a mistake on the time that he should make a mistake. And that's the triple crown. And you only gain two points. So that's that. All right, people. That was it from round four. Even though they raced three times. But it's round four at the triple crown format where we had a lot of different things. We had people flying. We had people cutting off. We had people jumping on hay bales. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we had somebody win. And we had three different winners. And both them, all of them, actually got their first win of the year, the first win of their career, and the future neck burn of life. And that's Dax Finish, Chase Sexton, and Levi, his kitchen's on fire. I'll see you guys next week. You know where we at. Same time, same place, 5 o'clock on Tuesday. Make sure you check this one out, and I'll see you guys next week. Where they'll be at Houston in that big-ass stadium up there. I used to love Houston, love Houston, where it's going to be the East Coast boys. And shout-out to my far East Coast. Get healthy, son. Get healthy. We're going to miss you. Till then, I'll see you when I see you. And, yeah.